were in the race against the Nazis. And I know what it means if the Nazis have a bomb. They have a 12-month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. Secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. Let's go recruit some scientists. Build a town, build it fast. If we don't let scientists bring their families, we'll never get the best. Why would we go to the middle of nowhere for who knows how long? Why? Why? How about because this is the most important thing to ever happen in the history of the world? And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says on the atomic weapon. <laughs> it's best film ever. My name's Ian. And I'm Liam. You want to check out the end of the episode. It's all this, <laughs> <I think. laughs> right. Those of you who like the blooper reel, there's something for you. Uh, and we're here to do a see it. Or skip it. Yes, we are. On uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah. The second half of the Barbenheimer, Barbieheimer, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, experience. Uh, yes, yeah, so we saw this together. I don't know. A week ago? Know. Was a week ago? About a week ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Thursday. Yeah, it was because yeah. I had a rehearsal. Yeah. So um, usually we then come right back, but I had an evening plan. So uh, it's it's been delayed about a week, but this, these two films are going to dominate the box office, I think. For, for a little while. Because I don't know if there's anything else really huge coming behind this. No, I think that feels be like two or three weeks, wouldn't it? Be at least. It feels like this is this is the 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 oomph of of the summer is, is these two, and there's nothing behind it. Mission Impossible before it, indie before it, mm-hmm. but nothing really behind this. There's nothing I'm really looking forward to. That's no. Uh, even I know that um, t- Turtles has just been released, yeah, but that's okay. not going to be no <laughs> no biggie, is it? Do you know what I mean? Me and my little fantasy box office competition, like nobody's got anything picked now until November coming out. Oh, okay. so these are the last sort of things. So. Um, and going by Barbie yesterday when I went to see it, it was packed. Oh, I'm going to win this thing. I've determined. I was I was going because I was behind. I was like considerably behind in second, but I knew Barbie was coming up, and I got Barbie. Yeah, and I'm like, if this is, I said more than likely I'll I'll pull back to a tie with this. Mm-hmm. But if this is what it could be, best case scenario, I said I might just flat out win. <laughs> And yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to flat out win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's at $800 million already. That's nuts. It is isn't nuts. It? it is nuts. Like, I was hoping it might finish around 800 and it's at 800 already. I mean, this thing is going to hit. A bi- this thing might challenge Super Mario. It might. Uh, they, I think this they, might get repeat viewing. They reckon, they reckon it will. And they've already said that it's broke a box office record in the opening weekend from a female uh, director. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, Nolan's Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I beat that record. I beat that record. The standard f- stood for 15 years. I should go through the records, of, uh, sort of the rules, what we do on a theater skip it. So the theater skip it, what it means is the first bit, we do a spoiler-free review. If you look down at the show notes as you listen to this right now, you'll see at what point we stop talking in a spoiler-free environment. So we'll go through very much like a review would do on a website or on a newspaper write-up. Remember newspapers? Yeah. Or, uh, you know... Uh, even you know, God bless our uh, our spiritual um, zeitgeist, our the ones we aspire. Cisco and Ebert at the movies, and uh, they would not give spoilers per se, but they would give their opinions, what they thought worked, what they thought didn't work. 
to encourage you to go see a movie. That was the whole point of it. Yeah. Uh, and we'll tell you whether we should see it or whether you should skip it. And we did one for Barbie just a little while ago. And then if you get, if you look at that time, we'll tell you what time we start doing a, a more spoiler filled uh, environment. Uh, we, you will hear this. And then we'll say spoiler and reference a 90s blur song. And then we we'll will. be off to the races in a spoiler filled environment. So the rules for what makes a spoiler, what doesn't make a spoiler. This one will be easier to talk about than Barbie was because Barbie, there's so much plot you didn't want to give away. Yep. Oppenheimer's based on real life events. So yep. there's a so certain, you know a little bit of history. certain big points. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a nuclear weapon. Okay. That gets detonated. <laughs> no, <talk about> that. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be openly discussed but um basically we uh, liam and i looked at uh the the two main trailers yep and if it's not there we don't talk about it and even if it's not like a light's not shone on it that specifically we're gonna keep it a little bit nebulous because that's Mm -hmm. what the filmmakers wanted you to go in knowing so we're not going to violate that and we'll give you the verdict you should see it or skip it you'll hear the thing and then afterwards all the gloves are off and it will be, we can talk about anything. So the benefit is, if you haven't seen it, you can hit the stop button at that point, go see the movie, and then listen afterwards to what we thought. But if you've already seen the movie, why not go ahead and uh, plow on through to the second half? Listen to the first half, but then check out the second half and see what you think in regards to what we thought. So there we are. Uh, that Now the rules are done. We can go ahead and uh, jump in. I'm on my spoiler version of it i need to go to my non-spoiler sheet i've got a sheet that's got two oh. sides to it so oh, i like it i'm trying to take notes and keep myself in, in place here um what was your interest level liam going into uh oppenheimer and so let's talk about first before barbenheimer becomes a cultural thing because it clearly is a cultural thing yep so when oppenheimer is just announced when you, the first trailer teaser trailer gets dropped in cinemas what was your first thought process? Were you going to something I want to see? Was it something that was the opposite of that? It was the opposite of that. Okay. I just thought, well, I'll wait for it to come out on DVD or streaming. Um, it's going to be one of them World War Two movies. Ain't going to be that great. It'll be, be all right, maybe. Um, I was more excited for Barbie. I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. <laughs> what are they going to do with this? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think my um as you'll find out later on in the episode you'll find out what i think of this and what i thought of Barbie. yeah so uh um but so yeah i had no really interest in seeing it um my interest level and this kind of ties me into my next point anyway is that you know i'm a big nolan guy overall mm-hmm. but man i feel nolan's been on a it's i don't want to say downturn that's not what i want to say because i think his films are excellent is the word hiatus like he stalled a bit? Well, actually, well, it's not hiatus, but yeah, hiatus means you just go away. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind of the opposite of prolific, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nolan's been for for a director of his stature, he's been quite prolific. Actually, yep. he's actually. If, if, if uh, I had this note down, I believe it's the first time we've had a director with multiple appearances on a see it or skip it. Ah, because we did this for Tenet. Yes, we did. We did. And Tenet's kind of... So I felt for a couple of movies, he's very clever, Christopher Nolan, but I wondered if he made cleverness as far as like how he structures things, the singular most important facet, and that even included over like a viewer's enjoyment of his film. Tenet was... Tenet yeah. was di- if you need it a cork board and follow. bits of string... Like I consider myself a bright guy, yeah. but even I'm going... I think uh, I got it. What? <laughs> Don't think I got all of it, but I think I got it. Um, 
And so I would say that he had a bit of dip in form, I might say, to use a British sporting sort of yep. term. And uh, was in need of something back. But this seemed fairly straightforward. I hadn't seen 1917 in hang on dunkirk dunkirk was his not 1917 i hadn't seen dunkirk oh have you, have you seen it since no i haven't seen dunkirk oh, I, I hear dunkirk's that. quite good mm-hmm. it's also very linear from what i understand it is and it's one of them movies that you have to keep turn up the volume turn it down all right oh, yeah. it's quiet in place and it's really loud. Yeah, really loud you know but yeah um so my excitement level for this was high uh although it was interesting robert oppenheimer's a name i knew about same no, but not as it someone that I knew a whole lot about. Nope. Um, I think I just knew all oh, Robert Oppenheimer was one of the people who developed the bomb. It's about all I knew about him. Yep, that's fine. Didn't know any of his previous. <laughs> I just knew that name was associated with the bomb. Yep. I couldn't have told you what Los, Los Alamos was. I couldn't have done any of that stuff. Nope, nope. Same. And this is all historical records. So I got no problem yep. sort of saying it. Here. Yep, yep. Um, and then I guess that ties me into um, sort of the cast stuff. And I think one of the most interesting choices was the choice of Killian Murphy in the titular role. I think it was great casting. See, I don't know Peaky Blinders. Do you know what? I, I, I knew about Peaky Blinders way before they made the TV show because I saw a thing on um, History Channel many years ago about certain gangs, and the Peaky Blinders were only around from the first end of the First World War to the end of the second, and they kind of petered out because most of them died, basically, yeah. through both wars. And um, so my interest sparked there, but I knew him before in other things. Um, like he'd done, was it called Breakfast on Pluto or something? Where he played a transgender, I think that's what it was. I saw it once. Um, and he also... Oh, what was he? He was the scarecrow, wasn't he, in the Nolan movies? Yes, I was actually meeting a friend for uh, coffee just uh, a couple of days ago, and she mentioned she went, "What's wrong?" I said, "I said, wasn't he? Wasn't he the scarecrow?" Yeah, he was. And she looked it up, and she went, "No, he was a scarecrow." I, I, I don't think she believed that me. was a character that should have gone further and elsewhere, but didn't. And I think Nolan, he he regards is. Do you say Cillian? I think it's Killian. Killian. Um, he regarded him as a great actor and he likes working with him. And I think he felt underused in the Batman franchise. I think I heard he, he auditioned for the Joker. Yeah, I could see that. Initially? I don't know how that worked out because he was obviously in the first one and maybe yeah, all the time yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody's I don't know. But anyway. He's well regarded um, anyway. He is well regarded. The fact that I don't know much about him, I think, is actually a strength of the film for absolutely, me. Absolutely. Because we talked about this a little bit. With, <laughs> here's, a, here's a cross-reference you didn't think was coming. Spice Girls? No. no. <laughs> Roddy Piper in They Live. <laughs> yes. Because we said if it's Kurt Russell, yeah. it's just another Kurt Russell movie, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it becomes something greater when it's Roddy Piper because this is the first real role that you know him from. Yep, yep. And for Killian Murphy, yeah, he's been in other things, but as far as, like, we're following you, this is your story, it's the first time I've seen him on that sort of level. And then, as a result, he kind of got to, I think, I was able to suspend my disbelief and sort of just find myself in the immersion of the film more so than I would if it was... Tom Cruise or Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. (laughs) We're working on a bomb? All right, all right, all right. right. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) The lion's hungry. He eats. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I thought he was remarkable in his 
restraint. Oh, God. Such a restrained performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was so powerful. Yeah. The only thing I can think about, if peeps out there, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, if you think about Abraham, um, Daniel Day, we've been referencing a, couple, a little bit, this movie, uh, but Daniel Day Lewis and Lincoln where he doesn't do the big screamy bits you're supposed to do if you want to win an Oscar. Yeah. He's just always quiet. Now, he's quiet and measured, um, and almost optimistically so throughout, or sad. Uh, whereas, whereas Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer is quiet in like a quiet, agitated state. Yeah. For large portions of it. Way. Thoughtful. Yeah. Thoughtful. Uh, I thought, which was tremendous through about a scientist leading a group of scientists. I felt they were able to humanize him quite well. It's made me care about his individual story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in a way that wasn't, it wasn't tell, don't show. It wasn't preachy. It was just, yeah. I, it was to- just organic. I totally got on board yeah. with his character and I totally understood what he was trying to get across. Something Christopher Nolan doesn't get enough credit for is his ability to screenwrite hmm. because the way he writes his characters, because we see everything else. We see Inception, which I wasn't a huge fan of, actually, but you I see Inception, again, a little bit too clever, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had to see that van f- falling backwards into the water one more time, <laughs> I think I would have screamed. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. It's slower in the real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, because of all the big stuff he does, or the superhero stuff he does, or the scope of Dunkirk visually, I think people forget just how skilled he and his brother, because his brother is a co-writer on many things. I don't know if he was on this. I should check. But um, how clever they are at crafting a narrative. You know it's going to be a big movie when they get together or when Nolan released something. You know, hopefully it's not going to be too over-clever. Because sometimes, like you say, I, I switch off. If it's too, if it's too, you know, out there, I, I'm going. Okay, you made me work too hard for this. <laughs> sometimes I want to work hard for it. Sometimes I don't. You know, and uh, I just like to see a narrative that is well written, and I can come away and go, "Yes, I totally got what you're trying to tell me there." I don't like it so much when they're trying to tell me something, and I'm going, "Wow, I didn't really get that." <laughs> That's not what I got from it. <laughs> a screenplay just by Christopher Nolan. Oh, okay. But like, that's like, people forget he writes all his own stuff. Oh, that's, oh, I didn't even know. Oh, it's amazing. Like, so like the, the Prestige, which yeah. of course one of my oh. one, one of my top five movies of all time, right? Prestige, amazing. For 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 many years, I'd say it's my number one, and depending on what day you get me at, it might still be. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I mean, he wrote that. So, like, the idea about how to write and craft and how to frame a story, like, the guy just gets it. Yeah. So... Uh, I think he, for me, he, when he hits, he hits big. When he doesn't hit, he doesn't hit that well for me. He's either, I, I like it or I don't. Yeah. Because Tenant, I didn't like that at all. I was too confusing, didn't really know what was going on. Uh, and I was... Too hard trying to jump back, forth, left, right, up, down, backwards, forwards. Who knew? <laughs> Don't know. But this was so easy to follow. I totally got Oppenheimer. I totally got the performance that Killian, Cillian. I, I, I we'll have to take a look here and see how do you. Let me ask. Before, it's just, I, I feel my, weird maybe saying my phone stuff because I always get it like Joaquin. How Joaquin is right? Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to get it. How right. do you say in? Murphy's name. 
All right, here we go. Let's see what this is. Just some YouTube thing. This is how to pronounce it correctly. It's just a picture of the Irish flag. So let's see. I'll, I'll hold up to the to the, the mic. And we'll see what. Okay, that about. sounds good. <laughs> Hope it doesn't start in a second. Okay, feels the suspense like is killing me. Feels like just <laughs> I've got some setting, obviously, on my. Maybe I maybe I can hook it up to the. Oh, I can hook Ooh. it up to the Bluetooth on the road. Oh, can you? Oh, this is quite clever. If, I, if, if this is what's already happened, this is the first. Uh, Bluetooth on, and it's connected to. Oh, the Rodecaster was already connected. Look at that. Oh, what fun. a wonderful world we live in. <laughs> Let's see if I can get back here. All right, here we go. Brilliant at how to pronounce the name of Irish actor and musician. He began his career performing as a rock musician, but after turning down a record deal, he began his acting career in theatre and in short and independent films in the late 1990s. We are looking at how to pronounce, yes it is to be pronounced Killian, not Cillian or anything else, rather Killian, Killian Murphy. All right, Killian Murphy it is for the win. Killian Murphy. So, Killian in the name of Bottle Bump. <laughs> <laughs> like my Murphys. I'm not better. <laughs> I won't do what you tell me. Bam, bam. Yeah, so Killian Murphy. Killian um, Murphy. How did we, what were you talking about when we said that? Was that you or was that me who was stopping there? I forget. Yeah, I forget to. Oh, well. We were talking about Tenet, talking about it. When he hits, he hits big or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think um, Killian is brilliant in this, and that's brilliant bear casting with him in this. Um, and I think he absolutely holds his own in this movie. And when you get, and there's so many different actors in this yeah. that keep, oh, I'll tell old, you what, old and new, just this might be if you just look, and some names we can talk about, and some names maybe we should hold on to until after the break, yeah, but, um, this might be the greatest depth of talent he's had at his disposal in a film. Brilliant. Like even some the of the names, minor characters. The, oh, the people he's got to sign up in small roles. Yeah. Insane. Blew my mind. Um, the uh, score. I want to talk about score because the music I felt was really powerful in impacting a lot of the sequences here. Yep. And it was the score was done by Ludwig Göransson, who uh, people probably remember uh, best from his work on The Mandalorian. I'd suppose. Oh, okay. Uh, he's also done... Um, I don't think it was him who did the Joker. I don't think. Now I'd have said How that, weird would that knows. be if he uh, done the Joker, but... <laughs> oh, because of, yeah, it's... it's, it's Nolan not the, Nolan, yeah. the same canon, are they? Yeah, he's also going to work on Community New, <laughs> New Girl, so there we go. The, the, I did the score for Black Panther, which he won the Academy Award for. Uh, Creed, Creed Two, Venom, Tenant, Oppenheimer... Yeah. Wow. He's composed the current fanfares for Warner Brothers and the new Star Wars brand logo. I have not heard this uh, thing yet. No, I haven't. Uh, so, yeah. So, he's done definitely okay for himself. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, I thought it had the sound. I was very surprised, actually, for once it wasn't Hans Zimmer. Uh, <laughs> but I guess Gorenson did uh, Tenet as well. So, And I did, like, of all the things that I've... That, Again, really clever. So, like, I remember in Tenet, the deal was part of the score was going forwards and part of the score was going backwards at all times. And you're like, that's clever on a level that I can't even access. But you don't know to hear it. Someone tells you and you go, oh, I think I can kind of hear it. (laughs) Interesting. But you're not going to walk out going, 
did anybody else notice that the score was going forwards and backwards simultaneously? Yeah. I don't think you're noticing that. I don't think so. And in the trailer, isn't that quite ironic that you say forwards and backwards, that they did the explosion as a... It feels like it was going backwards. backwards. The opening yeah. shot of the first trailer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can't get the tenant out of his system. Maybe you can't. And the way they, the way they play with the sound, silent, little bit of sound, silent, little bit of sound. Yeah. That was uh, that was quite. I thought that was more impactful. Yeah, because that's not how they do it in the film. <laughs> the trailer uh, was good. Some in the film, I think the trailer demonstrates to to a certain degree. It, well, that's right. It, 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 the trailer clearly makes it apparent that the way they're presenting this film is that it's everything leading up to the bomb, the explosion of the bomb at Los Alamos, which um, is a town built in the middle of nowhere. Yep. For this. For the purpose of developing yeah, yeah, yeah. the atomic weapon. And there's visuals that, once you see the movie, have greater impact to it. But we do see things like we see pieces around, uh, sort of hexagonically coming around this circular, I guess, device where there's yep. plutonium or something in it. And it's them assembling the bomb and um, the overall message through the voiceover seems to be they won't understand it until they see it used exactly and then once they understand it then they'll fear i think i've done this backwards he say, like he they'll fear it to understand it they won't understand it until they see it used yeah because like you said theory only takes you so far only takes you, you so can far. only go well i think this is gonna happen and like yeah but you're only saying that hypothetical is a wonderful world but once yeah, yeah, you yeah. we can talk theory all you want uh, it's kind of like mike tyson used to say before a boxing match everyone's got a plan to get punched in the mouth Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Or an air bit north. <laughs> yeah. That's my Mike Tyson. Please, um, Mike Tyson, if you're listening. <laughs> All in good jest. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, he's still got both his ears. He's probably still listening. Um, <laughs> but, Evander, if you're listening, well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. Um... Uh, but no, so it's it, it, theory's theory, but you can have all the pages of mathematics or you can have a singular picture of a mushroom cloud. Yeah, well, how many, times, how many times in this film does Oppenheimer go, it can't be done? Mathematically, it can't be done. It can't, the equations doesn't add up. And then they go, well, the Germans have... have yeah, 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 because there's something that they considered that you did and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then he and, could, and then he has to rethink everything that he And that's he an, thinks. It's an interesting premise because pacifist or not, you're replaced in a world where the Germans are working towards this as well. That's the sole reason why this team exists. Oppenheimer to wake up out of bed one day and goes, I'd like to consider an atomic weapon. It was the Nazis are doing this. Can we beat them? That is the that is the framing device. Yeah. So as much as we know and how we feel, and it's really interesting looking back with uh, 80 years almost of almost. hindsight. Yeah. It's weird to think <laughs> when I was growing up, you know, I was born... I don't know, 35 years after the drama of the atomic bomb. It's weird to think there was less time between my birth and the oh, dropping no. the atomic bomb. It's nuts, isn't it? Than, than this. You know what I mean? Mm. Or if someone's ever says, you know, um, how many years have gone between this, uh, between where we are now and man lands on the moon? So man lands on the moon in 69. So that's what, 54 years ago. Okay, go 54 years before. That's 1913. So there's been more time. There's been more time after we landed on the moon. Than there was between the start of World War One 
and landing on the moon. It's mass, like, mad. Th- like you think about these things, you're supposed to recognize like yeah, the modern yeah. age. It's yeah, insane. Yeah. Like someone said Marty McFly would have gone back now. I think I saw a post that said if uh, Back to the Future was being made now, Marty goes back to not 1955. Marty goes back to 1993. Yeah, I saw that recently. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I remember 93 really well. I remember it really well, too. Marty, put some money on the Habs. They win the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my girlfriend, Felicity, who was on the podcast uh, last week. Um, kind of long distance long on the distance podcast. Long distance on the podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I threw to her, literally, in the case of a question and also... She didn't know a, he was going to throw to her. <laughs> a gift. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got to be ready at all she times. She's going to be quiet. <laughs> no, she, she, she was great. She was great. I hope she wasn't too bored. That's my uh, No, she loved it. Good. Um, she was saying that, um, you know, when the nuclear reactor went off, uh, I think it was 88. Was this Chernobyl we're talking Chernobyl, about? Yeah. yeah. Because of that, everywhere in our DNA at that time, who was a living or alive, there's a rudimentary way of knowing before or after, um, you, the, after that happened, after that nuclear reaction. So we could be tested. And because we were alive at that time, we will have that in our DNA. Yes. Where especially here. Where yeah. Where someone like um Georgia wouldn't yeah. and wouldn't have it. Because there were trace because the way the winds go, it's the North Sea and all that pretty much carries the wind carries, with carries all those sea. sort of radioactive stuff to some degree this way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we would have all had it. Yeah. Yep. Weird, isn't it? But that's it, a really way of yep. you know, documenting somebody's life, you know. Yeah. When they were born and when they were, or after that, yeah. So, yeah, so Killian Murphy leads a uh, a cast. I'm trying to think of who else I want to talk about in this, because there's a few, quite a few. I don't think I can. Um, Did they mention the big scientist in the trailer? Uh, there's there's an image. There's an image of the big scientist, just like a really small little glimpse. There's a shot of someone who's playing Einstein. Yeah, Einstein. Who's not a big star. Nope. But the figure, and here's the, I think Einstein's an interesting one, because Einstein's, even the visual of Einstein, we all know what Einstein looks like. Absolutely. No one knows what Oppenheimer looks like. We all know what Einstein looks like. That's nuts, isn't it? It is. Because it, they, he even says in the film, doesn't he? He even says that, you know, I took it so far, yeah. you're now going beyond what I was. So, um, so, but so in, in order to give him kind of the rub, Oppenheimer, the rub. We got to make sure that we show him interacting to some degree with uh, Einstein because that means because because we know that and we know how brilliant Einstein is. Whether we know why, we just know that he's supposed to be brilliant. Yes, yes, yes. And so we then take that information and it gleans over to you put them together. You go, oh, he must be the same. Mm-hmm. It's an old. Uh, they do that in wrestling all the time. They make him equals. Yeah, they make me equal. So the minute I put you, let's say you're wrestler X, we're gonna go see wrestling. Yeah, and I put to it. and I put you in the ring with uh, Hulk Hogan. All of a sudden, now your star level has increased. So even after you're done with Hogan, people remember you were in the ring with Hogan. Yeah, and so on some level, you've been brought maybe not to his level, but you've been brought up a few levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because if you're worth that situation, then you must be something. Yeah, so that's the goal. That's the goal of why you 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 pair people up like you do just announced the main event i'm very excited for it it should be very, it should be very good yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well we'll watch a clip when we're done this oh <laughs> wicked so overall though i mean the acting of the cast you couldn't ask for more it's it's a lot of moving pieces though i'll say that much 
Yeah, but in a in a in a, in a good way. I feel like I was able to keep track of who was who. Yep. And there's things they do stylistically with um with what they choose to do with the cinematography. There's ways of figuring out different uh oh, different focuses. Is the best way I can put it without spoiling anything. Without spoiling other things. I yeah. like how they how we know a cinema to be judging time. Yeah. And how they it helps, it helps play stuff within the Knicks. It's not straight linear. I'll say that. No, no, no. no. Which, it, it it's no linear. I'd be surprised if it was ever was <laughs> it straight linear. back and forth from a but present day to a, an older time. We do, we do kind of look a little bit bouncy around and talk about both the buildup and the legacy of what happens in Los Alamos. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that um, massive... Ma- so what's your thing? Is your thing a massive cast? We got it. Is your thing based on a true Brilliant. story? We got it. Yeah, I like true stories. Is your thing a tremendous score? Because we got that. Is it the kind of film that's not just a sequel? Yeah, yeah. It's not one of those either. It's not going to be a sequel. So, yeah, there's not going to be any sequel to it, nor is it a sequel to anything that exists. Nope. So, and it's the hand of, there's a few directors who still get to make big, big movies. And this is a big, big movie. I like this because, A, it's a big movie, and, B, you can't make a sequel to this. No, you definitely can't. No matter how much money this makes, no. you cannot do another movie. Oh, Oppenheimer 2, Nuclear Boogaloo. <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, <laughs> this time he's gone nuclear. <laughs> it's now the Cold War. <laughs> we, just, we just change it. He's like, I've been beginning to develop superpowers ever since Los Alamos. <laughs> he's the newest character in the DCEU. <laughs> Dr. Rob. Uh, Oppie. Uh, Oppie. There we are. Um, so, I mean, three-hour runtime. How about here? Uh, I'll be honest. Three hours was okay. I felt the last act was a little bit slow. Yeah, I don't think the movie ends where you think it's going to end. No, I felt that was a bit... They, the build-up was absolutely tremendous. The act one and act two were brilliant. Third act... I felt they messed around a little bit too long on the third act. In order it could have f- been a two and a half hour movie, couldn't it? Really? In order to frame the story, they wanted to frame it. It requires... They don't move where the climax happens. The climax still happens where you think the climax would happen as far as which event. I mean, how could it not be the event? Exactly. So that requires a much longer, what we would call denouement, than you, which is usually just the come down, how do we close everything up? Oh, okay. Denouement. Um, Denouement, yeah, it's French. Hmm. Um, and so, sort of in the denouement, they try and create like like an, like another crisis point, which then by itself needs a, a further denouement. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh, because about the first two hours, like zoomed by, because I thought it was, yeah. I, I thought it was almost ending. Yeah, 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 me too. Because we had the crisis point. I'm like, oh, maybe yeah, yeah, the yeah. climax of the film. I'm going, oh, there must only be about 20, 30 minutes left, and actually, it goes probably double that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you walk out going, okay, I guess. Uh, it's a shame because two hours in, I'm going, this is fantastic. Yep. And not that everything was bad in the, in the remaining hour. No, 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 no. But it just wasn't it up to where, yeah, it felt like it just drags its, its heels a bit, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And I think it probably has to do, I don't know what you cut. I don't, I don't. It's just when they chose what they chose for the framing device, and we'll talk more about that after the break. Um, I think it gives you 
I, I think you're kind of locked in in order to see what, the vision by which how Nolan chooses to present this to the audience. Mm-hmm. In order to give it humanity and in order to make it feel like it's a conclusion, feel like it's got an ending, whether it is or not, to make it feel like it has an ending, mm-hmm. they have to frame it in a way that requires a bit more time to be played to it. And yeah. uh, that it took a while getting to the finish line on that. Yeah, it did, yeah. Um, outside of that, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to... Uh, so I think it's verdict time. I think it's verdict time, Liam. See it or skip it. A definite see it. A definite see it for me as well. I think I would call this the best movie of 2023 I've seen. So far, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was it. Was it was as earlier? I was making a list up for the best was I hadn't seen Oppenheimer yet, and I was going, um, which ones do I think it was? And for me, it I think Barbie's number three, or three or four. It's not. It's not. Uh, it was either Air or Mission Impossible, and it depends what you wanted that day. And then I saw Oppenheimer. And went everything else can take a back seat. It's definitely Oppenheimer. See, for me, Oppenheimer didn't even register on my scale. You know. Barbie was the one I wanted to see. Barbie was the top one, yeah. you know. Then Mission Impossible, you know. Now, pff, best film this year. Oh, really? I, I honestly, hands down, I really enjoyed this movie. Did you see people dressed up in scientist suits? Uh, yeah. <laughs> if I could redo it, I would so dress up as a scientist. <laughs> dress up as a scientist yeah. <laughs> and go see. I do it, but it's never, it's just going to see a movie game for three hours and. Not that I wouldn't mind it. There's just uh, there's other things I haven't seen. I haven't seen Elemental yet. I haven't seen that either. Yeah, I don't know. I'll get around it. I'll see. But uh, I also like the fact that you mentioned suits. That um, he, he at one point he wears a uh, an army suit, doesn't he? Yes, he does. A uniform. But, yes, he does. <laughs> Uh, doesn't look right. Doesn't look no, right. No, 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 no. So we'll talk a lot more about specific things from plot wise and all that stuff after the break in a moment. But it's two very enthusiastic see it's from Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Uh, this is cinema, and there's not oh, in 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 a in a time when I've been arguing for so long that we get so much pizza. This is not pizza. Nope. This is something else, and you might like it, you might not like it, but you can't. You can't argue the idea of it. At least they're trying something here. Yeah, absolutely. So there we go. Um, we're going to go ahead and do a spoiler-filled version in a minute, and we'll catch you on the flippity-flop. The flippity-flip-flop. Spoiler. 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 He lives in a house, house in a very big, big house. house. Spoiler, spoiler country. country. I did, uh, when I was doing Barbie, did it with Megs, and she picked up on the spoiler country. And did joined she? In. Yeah, bless her. Oh, well done, Megs. Uh, yeah, she, she's, she was really good. Didn't she do well tying it up last, last week? Yes, I threw it. I said, I said, I want you to do the, the closing because it can only work once. Yeah, because if you stumble and you have to do it again, you lose the effect of it on everybody else being genuine. So yeah, I went, yeah, here's yeah. the line. I just need you to sort of pay attention to the way it said in the film and try and do likewise. And so when I threw everybody for their ratings, I was saying during our side conversation, trying to do it off mic, going, "Are you ready for it? I have it written down word for word." She's like, "No, no." I, she's like, "I got it," and I'm like, "Oh, really?" And I thought she was really, really good. She was brilliant. So there we go. Check out the Robin Hood Men in Tights episode because <laughs> my word, the numbers are not very high on it. And we wore well, we didn't wear tights exactly, but we wore green leggings. Green leggings. <laughs> if you're on the Patreon, I think you've seen this. I don't know if George's post them yet. <laughs> if she hasn't, I will get on her to to, uh, to uh, post the pictures. Absolutely. So there we go. Another, another benefit of being uh, being on the Patreon. Speaking of which, I'm glad we sort of went down that road because I would have forgotten. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, oh, 
I have not yet. Oh, I, I threw it. Did I throw it in the group chat? I meant to throw it in the group chat. I did not throw it in the group chat. Liam, can you go ahead and talk about, oh, I don't know. You can talk about anything for about 15 seconds. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so, if you want, if you like Peaky Blinders and you like Killian Murphy, I think you should go watch him in Oppenheimer. Because in Peaky Blinders, he's a completely different character. But he's also that very thoughtful character, as in Peaky Blinders, as he is in this. And it'd be worth worth a watch. It definitely, he's he's an actor, I think, who's going to go... He's been going since the late 90s. And what a career he chose, because he obviously had a contract to play in a band and become big as a band, maybe. Who knows? But decided to ditch all that to become an actor. And he's not an actor that go out there and do these big blockbuster movies. He just happens to be a supporting cast in a big blockbuster movie. Or who thought Oppenheimer would be a big blockbuster movie? But it is. And, um, yeah, he's definitely an actor that everybody should take note of. And he's well-respected by other directors. A lot of people want to work with him. He does a lot of independent movies. And uh, he's not afraid to, to try try different things. And I don't think Killian is one of these actors who will look at a part and go, will I get an Oscar for this? You know, what will I get from this other than stretching my legs, you know, stretching my acting talents. I don't think he's driven by the money or the fame. I think he's driven by what makes him tick. And that's the kind of actor I like. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. No worries. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to. I was just throwing out the uh, the link into the Zoom chat for our, our friends, the page, uh, friends of the podcast, if they wanted to join in and share their uh, spoiler filled versions of it. Because here there'll be spoilers, everybody. If you're still listening, yeah, spoilers. The spoilers are incoming. So go to the movie. Go, go to the movie. Go 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 see it. It's three hours, which sounds like a lot, but it's less than a usual BFE episode. So come on, you guys are already conditioned <laughs> you, to. Uh, you can do this. To do that sort of thing. Um, yeah, anybody who comes in, they're going to see my uh, my grocery shop in there on my chair. I'm okay with that. Beans means Heinz. Beans means yeah. <laughs> that much much more British than a six pack of baked beans on the chair. <laughs> Um, it was all about the cast a bit. Um, it was really hard because I'm like, do we talk about him? So I think we're going to start with the framing device, which was all around the Senate cabinet. Was it cabinet? Cabinet. The cabinet appointment of Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Yeah. Um, which is... Mr. Strauss? Strauss, yeah. Don't call me Strauss, call me Strauss. And uh, I thought, A... Because it's written as Strauss. Well, uh, I, I, that, that, that's why, Strauss, that's why Oppenheimer even says yeah, it at yeah, first yeah. as Strauss. You know, there's not Strauss. Yeah. And there's a, so I think there's a, a, a sort of sub-statement here that, okay, you got two different men here, and Strauss is the kind of guy who would change the pronunciation of his name to protect himself from feelings of uh, anti-Semitism, yep. maybe in Washington, and uh, or just career progression in general, and this has been the way he's done it for himself. Whereas Oppenheimer is somewhat presented as... Um, as a strong member of the Jewish community. Mm. Um, now, it helps that, you know, everybody there is brilliant. Yeah. So uh, I have a and feeling... Being in a room of brilliant people and you being brilliant yourself, like in this movie, he says, but who's the mathematician guy? Because he says, oh, maths is not my thing. Maths is it? not my thing? You know, you're the, you're the, you're the guy, you, how far do we need away from this, you know, bomb? 
Well, Kenneth Branagh, who has a bit role in this, but is brilliant in the brilliant bit role. Bit role, yeah. Says, "I'm." It says, "Maths is like being able to write sheet music. You don't need to be, or even read sheet music. You don't need to be able to read to read sheet music. Can you hear the music? Yeah." And he went, "Yes, I can hear the music." And that's kind of his gimmick: is that he gets science. He just gets it. Yeah. And whether the mass work is, is, is irrelevant, he knows what everything means. And so there's that thing early on when um, I it was the Dutch have just done something or a Swiss have just done something. And it gets published and everybody, and everybody goes, whoa. And there's like some, some young kid who goes, what do you mean, whoa? <laughs> and he goes, I'm thinking what everybody else here is thinking. Every scientist in the world is thinking right now. Yeah. Bomb. Yeah. How do you weaponize this discovery? Yeah. Yeah. But going back to um, Danny Jr.'s character, he has nothing to bring to these brilliant minds. He's just the guy corralling. Corralling, is that the word? The brilliant minds. Yep, more or less. You know, and so he's feeling inferior to these brilliant minds, where at least everybody else who's in that room has something to add or give or um, see in a different perspective. What's really interesting is there are portions. I'm trying to remember exactly how everything was situated. There are portions, anything that happened, oh, anything that happened post-bomb with Robert Downey Jr. and post-appointment. Mm. I was going to say anything where he's not surrounded by um, Oppenheimer, but that's not true. But for the most part, if it's Robert Downey Jr. without Oppenheimer, it was shot in like film noir style, like grayscale. Yeah. So again, going back to what we were saying earlier about how um, past and present, um, where have that- Wherever that present. No, oh, I think we're being joined here. Oh, hey, he's, he's just muted himself. I think he caught his own. Uh, <laughs> or was that our, our, our nuclear detector going off? That yeah, we're yeah that's our glygometer. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's a very good word. <laughs> I didn't know that off the top of my head. Well done, you. Uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Wait, is that the actual name of the device? Or is that the name yeah, they came up with no, for? No, I think that's the actual name. The, I think it's the actual name for it. Yeah, because um, Dan Aykroyd is a big into paranormal stuff. And is he? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. he's one of the writers of it, wasn't it? It was him and uh, the guy who died, wasn't it? Ivan Reitman. Yeah, I think it's them yeah, who wrote yeah, the scripts. Yeah, so. No, not Ivan Reitman. Um, uh, oh, who's the guy? The Money Play Spangler. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. His kid ends up directing the, the, the sequel. It might be Ivan Reitman, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're we're, we're, di- we're diverting. Yeah. So anytime it was it was the the the, the future and it's uh... yeah 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 whether it's not like the futures in today future this was like sixties um, future isn't it yeah um, so they'd be black and white where normally in films you would have that black and white to show the past but in the past actually it's the color which I thought was very clever sorry just to make sure we don't get this wrong for future people. Go. Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yes, yes, it. Just, just thought I'd say that. Harold Ramis. I knew since I heard it. Oh, oh I, we've I lost we've, Hermes. We've, we've lost Hermes. Hopefully, the bomb hasn't gone off. <laughs> he's probably uh, thinking, "How did you not get Harold Ramis?" He's showing. He's, he's just. Down his he goes, mic. I quit. I quit. <laughs> um. So, with that in mind, uh, so anytime I show that, they, they shot that in black and white. They yeah, shot it in grayscale. I, I thought that was very clever. Deep contrasts. And so the, the the mess. So I was trying to think. So my thing's why, why? What is the, the you sort know of, why? Because they want you to see the bomb in all its glory, didn't they? All the color. Well, because they sh- and how much the future? Like when he's ha- so there's, there's there's three sort of main parts to the movie. 
there's there's fusion and there's fissions how they refer to it as but even the fission's not correct because there's three main parts yeah so fusion is anything in what i'll call the prime timeline the prime timeline is a linear story of oppenheimer's life leading up to the destruction of the bomb at los alamos and then including the dropping of the bomb at hiroshima and nagasaki yep that's i'll call it the prime timeline prime time then you've got the sort of immediate after prime timeline timeline so we'll call that the uh what do you call the wooing timeline (laughs) post prime sure post prime so so in in the in the the post prime timeline (laughs) (laughs) you've got uh you've got um that's text is some sort of a faded color almost like a 70s like desaturated color Yeah, yeah so anytime that like that danny jr is trying to woo oppenheimer and then the conversation with, with Einstein, that stuff is happening in a faded, desaturated color palette. Yeah. And then anything that's... It's actually like 1948. It's only like four years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not long, is it? Uh, anything that has to do with the cabinet appointment of um, Strauss is in grayscale, but so too is a very important meeting of um, like the post-war... Um, great minds conversation or something. Yeah, yeah, Strauss yeah. crashes a dinner with the scientists and they talk about super H bombs. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And that's in grayscale as well. So, I, so what I've got for the most part, because it seems to be only interested in, in, um, the build up to the atomic bomb. Well, in Robert Downey Jr. in Strauss. Oh, okay. The grayscale. Yeah. 100% of the scenes with grayscale have Robert Downey Jr. in them. Yep. So my thing is, what's one of the main themes that comes across? You're just not that important. Yeah. And so how do we demonstrate that? We strip the color because you don't see things the way we do. Clever. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Maybe color. If I my, if, if my inference has said. any power, yeah. sure. But I think it does. At which point, massive, mm. massive um, shouts to, uh, to to Nolan for thinking of this. Absolutely. Let's get some some on the ground surface thoughts from. We've been joined by by, by two people, including a first timer. I, I won't say to say save a name. I won't drop that bomb <laughs> until it's time. Uh, let's just start with some just a, some overall. What do you think of the movie? We'll start with Hermes. Hermes, if, if you're able to hear me and unmute, what did you think of the film, buddy? Did you manage to? Uh, were you were you a fan, or did you th- they drop the big one here? <laughs> I'm always a fan of Nolan, so I will start there. Um, I definitely, uh, I've seen the film now twice. So if that's any indication wow. of how much I enjoyed, we spoke about. I, jo- I jokingly went. I'd go see it again. It is three hours. <laughs> yeah. So. On the second viewing, uh, maybe I'll ask, what were you going there looking for? And then did you find that second viewing? Where did you get your enjoyment from? Was it something that you found worthwhile? Or did you sit there a second time going, actually, maybe I was I was good at one. Nothing wrong with that. But anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll throw back to you on this one, Hermes. Uh, I, I think I had a better objective view the second time to where I could critique it in a in a uh yeah more objective fashion rather than going in with all the hype and just really excited to see it and then getting to see it in imax and just being in awe of all like you said all of the craftsmanship and all of the forethought that nolan the 
you know, cinematography, the writing, everything had. Um, and then having that already then on my palette, have it washed and then a week later watched again, I can say I, can, I have a few more things to discuss that are more on the film side and less on like the personal biased physics side of the house, if that makes sense. Yeah, I forgot. Hermes is big into his physics. Yeah. So uh, definitely not my forte. So we got someone here who speaks no the science. <laughs> Thank God you're on this podcast. <laughs> um, then, uh, we, hey, first time joining us. Yes. The shy guy himself, yeah. Shy Burgerfreund. Hey. Uh, shy, uh, first off, welcome, 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 and all that jazz. Yeah. Secondly, and more importantly, what do you think of the film? First of all, thank you for, for having me on the podcast. This is this is truly an honor. Oh. Thanks. Oh, you're very kind. You are. You're such a kind. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> um, I think. I think to what Hermes was. Hey, Hermes was saying this is this is something that I I love this movie. I truly loved it. I watched it on IMAX. Oh, wow. Ethan would be a fan of you. Jeez. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and everybody who I told about this movie, the first thing I said was it was kind of a, an attack on your senses to some degree because mm. you really feel. The stuff that happens on screen like it, it it hits you and but i i to something that hermes said that i think i agree with you probably want should watch it or at least give it some thought because i when i left the movie i was in awe of the movie i was just i was just struck by the acting the directing and i like nolan i'm not a huge nolan fan but this was just something unbelievable but I can say, like you know, a week later after watching it, I could say, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some stuff I can critique about it. But overall, this is like the best thing I've watched this year, easy, hands down, not even, not even a contest. Agreed. Hermes didn't ex- explicitly say that, but I think the four of us seem to be in agreement with that. We're yeah, saying it's the yeah. best thing of 2023. We've seen. I'll say this, gentlemen. Both, both your audio qualities seem fine. So if you want to unmute and jump in wherever you want, please, please feel free to do so. Yeah. I know in my earlier instructions, I was like, uh, let's just try. <laughs> sometimes you don't know what you're kind of walking into on the other side. So please feel free at any point to sort of um, jump in there. Um, something I really enjoyed about the film going add into it was this weird almost buddy cop movie that they created <laughs> between uh well, oppenheimer and then matt damon who plays yeah, do you have his character name down there by any chance uh i do um his name is leslie groves yes there we go so um was it was it was it groves g-r-o-v-e-s or groves general groves i believe yeah g-r-o-v-e-s yeah Oh, okay. Groves. General Groves, yeah. So this this, I mean, this is brilliant for a couple of reasons. Number one, I love it when films find organic ways mm-hmm. to have someone for whom you can tell them what's going on because then you're telling me what's going on. Yeah, of course, because Matt Damon's character as um, Groves doesn't understand. He doesn't know anything, so you have to explain to me like I'm an idiot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's nothing worse than, like, say, here's the first example that jumps in my head. It's not the most egregious, but here's... One that I was thinking of literally just the other day, which was the first Mission Impossible movie. Yep. Where John Voight is in the plane and he's getting his mission statement. And Keatrich goes, you're going to have your usual team as always. And then he goes through and introduces each member of a team. And I'm like, he doesn't need to know. He knows who his usual team are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to know that Emilio Estevez can hack into any system. <laughs> John Voight, well, I need to know that. John Voight doesn't need to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's with these one line sort of character descriptions? <laughs> And so that's like a really lazy way of doing it. Yeah. Whereas by doing this, it was great. And then, you know, 
when Matt Damon would kind of keep it, but on the flip side, when Matt Damon separates himself from the narrative towards the end and kind of leaves him in the lurch, you kind of feel Oppenheimer's where's my, where's, where's my army buddy? Where's yeah. the guy? You know, I was kind of cool because I was by association with you. You gave me the power and the clout and look at, and now you're gone and I'm left for once. I'm not in charge for once. I'm left. I'm not on the inside. Yeah. And that became a huge sort of thing. So I really, Matt Damon, I am convinced and I don't want to feel this way. I don't know why. I'm not anti-Matt Damon. But I, he doesn't scream to you to be the sexiest, most shoutiest version of an, of an actor that ever was. Nope. But I think I said during, I think it was... Um, Private Run. No, Air. Air, yeah. I went, I may have to come to the conclusion that Matt Damon might be the best actor in the world. Because... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because... He just adopts whatever character he needs to do. He gets it, And yeah. I don't think about it. I'm just like, yeah, I buy you in this part. And he doesn't play them all the same. He's no. not that guy. No, no, no. He's not, you know, Al Pacino. <laughs> He's got a great <laughs> ass. It's not, it's, it's not that. <laughs> great cast. I, saw. But, uh, I go for the problem. <laughs> you do. You do. I always try and steer it. But uh, I really like Matt Damon in this. And I, I when I first saw him, I was like, oh, do we need Matt Damon in this? And we totally needed Matt Damon yeah, in this. Yeah, we do, we do, we do. That was my perspective. Gentlemen, any thoughts on that? Ooh, I'd love to jump in. This is actually one of the points that I ended up having a problem with in a, in a, in a small way, if I'm oh. going to, if I'm going to be honest, oh, which was, it's, it's not that, um, we didn't, it's not that we, um, Matt Damon himself or anything else that the writing did wrong. Cause again, like you said, it's already three hours, but, um, I, before I got interested into the film and knew it was coming out, I had, um, I had read a, uh, uh, a book while like on a camping trip, just randomly called men and Adams. And it got me interested in this whole, um, manhattan project and knowing the backstory of groves that you don't get in the film i feel that it was kind of a uh yeah a disservice that they actually i love that the buddy cop i guess as you described ian was like accurately um portrayed or registered with an audience member who's not familiar with it but it felt like especially with their first meeting that it gave Oppenheimer more of that ego where in reality it was more of Groves was like the mastermind behind the planning of getting Oppenheimer. Like he was not Oppenheimer as it briefly crossed, you know, like it brief, briefly had that um, explanation when they first met saying that, you know, most of the scientific community and most of the politicians didn't want Oppenheimer on the project, mm-hmm. but it was so much further than that, that it kind of felt, yeah. Like where does this friendship come from? Where does this dynamic come from that, the movie did i i think um benefit from but i don't know to me it was just like i was sitting there felt like it was lacking i don't know i felt like it needed something there to to tie the two together and i've heard a lot of people say that the movie especially didn't have any redeeming characters in it like everybody was out for their own you know their own agenda and i think part of that is is this backstory that you can't really get within the movie which i think is yeah does a disservice to a lot of the actual people involved in the in the whole in the whole project so that's interesting because i didn't know that groves um i thought you were gonna tell me that groves doesn't exist and groves is, yeah, is, 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 is like an amalgamation of four or five different people yeah similar to what happened in catch me if you can there wasn't like the tom hanks guy doesn't exist he's an amalgamation of three or four different people yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that's what i thought we were gonna go with as far as um that one there. So, so to hear that he's based on someone and it's not faithful to the story. Yeah, if you know that, that's going to be a bit of a disservice for you going over. Especially is, if you're yeah. going, there's more here you, you, you could have gone through. Because um, in the end, the, 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 the secondary character they really decided to go into, and we'll talk about him in a minute, is Strauss. Yep. But um, I'm just curious, Shy, any thoughts on the Matt Damon character? 
Um, I, I, I cannot comment anything that Hermes was saying because I don't know the whole story, the, the way, apparently the way he does. Uh, but what I can say is I think his character, uh, was necessary for, to add some levity to the movie because there wasn't a whole lot of it. Like just, just heart and, and not being as serious. I mean, he was serious, but not as serious as some of the other characters. Or, yeah, I, I would think, I, I do agree with you that he kind of fit exactly what the movie needed in, in you know, being like the outsider to all the scientists who were kind of part of the movie. So I think I, I, I liked I liked what he did, and I, I really appreciated, like, what he added to, to the film. I think he's the manifestation of what the film talks about a lot. We talked about it earlier, Liam. The idea about is it the math or is it the theory yeah. or is it the actual you know, practical use of the science. Mm -hmm. And you think about the scene where they're trying to do, it's really weird. It's like a recruitment montage from like, <laughs> yeah. like a Muppet movie or a sports movie or something like that. It's Ocean's Eleven, you know, another Matt Damon film, yeah. where they're getting the team together, right? And there's the one guy who goes, I just can't do it. I don't believe in this. I don't believe it. I don't believe in this. Why should I do this? Why do you want me to go in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> and it's that great shot where Matt Damon just goes, here's the most important fucking thing in the history of the world. <laughs> yeah. And in that moment, he's the guy who's able to go, it's not a about your hypothetical or ideological oppositions it's because history is happening right now right don't now. you get it yes and so both as a uh, surrogate and uh and as other things that's sort of kind of where he's very good at bringing immediately he goes, isn't he to to the situation situation Hey, Shy, I saw your message. Not a problem, buddy. No worries. It's, it's been an absolute joy having you on. Oh, you're off, are you? He's got to bounce. But, oh, uh, bless take him. care. But bless thanks, him. For, thanks for being on. Thanks for chipping in. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it's, it's really – so what do you – Herbie's, I guess the balance of usual question is like, what do you want from your movie or what, what, what's his function within the movie? Is it about telling the, the most honest version of a story? Because in a sense, what they end up doing with the Matt Damon character is two things. Here's the real guy, yeah. but he's also got to prove a function in this movie because if yep. it's just us watching scientists debate in a room... You're going to get lost. It's not, and, and, and academia, by its very nature, comes off just a touch elitist. Yeah. You know what I mean? And these scientists come off a bit elitist. Absolutely, they do. Mm -hmm. Every one of them. Yeah. And so Matt Damon gives it a sense of grounding. I mean, if I'm trying to sell this movie to mass America, Matt Damon's character is infinitely important. Mm-hmm. Because he's the voice of the people. He give us the yeah the access through them. Doesn't yeah. He? yeah, yeah. He's our access into this story. Yeah, yeah. And he's sort of the moral, not only the moral imperative as to what is right or what is not right, because he doesn't come off great necessarily as far as is he a good guy. Uh, well, actually, the movie does tell us he's a good guy. We'll talk well, about. They do tell us he's a good guy, but I see but, what you're saying. But. Um, more importantly, though, he gets to the idea of the importance of this. Yes. The Nazis are working on this. Whatever it is they're working on, we got to get there first. And there's a reason why we got to get there first. And they've discovered it. And by doing it, they bring it down to really easy language. And I thought another thing that helped with that was this metaphor of um, the two goblets, the fishbowl and the glass. Yeah, that's clever. And filling them with marbles, marbles to represent yeah. a timeline, our race against time and how close they are to completing it. And things like that took a very complex set of ideas and made it, and made them, made it manageable. For me, as a guy who I hated science in high school, <laughs> so um, I appreciated uh, that as well as the, the Josh Harnett character. Oh. 
Another which you picked up. I didn't pick up on him at oh. first. You you were you were Mister. I know who this cast is throughout the most of the movie. And what about when um, they showed you a clipper or snippet of uh, Matthew Modine? I yes, mean, I mean that's Matthew Modine. I'm sure it is. And then they I, I don't, I don't know his name well enough, but I found out later who you're. T- this is the guy from Stranger Things, right? I don't know. I've not seen it. Is that, he's, he's the guy from Full Metal Jacket. He's a tall guy, right? Yeah, the tall blonde guy. Tall, thin guy, kind yeah, of older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought he's from Stranger Things. Yeah. I've seen one episode, but he made, a, oh, he made an okay. impact. Yeah. yeah, Matthew Modine. I was like, geez. Yeah, the cast is Who huge. Who are they going to bring back for this? The cast is huge. The I mean, cast is brilliant. Remy Malik. I'm like, is that Remy Malik in literally like the most bit part ever? Oh, he know. went from killing James Bond, spoilers, to, <laughs> to, this to this. Is this a country? <laughs> spoiler country there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you don't know, Bond dies. <laughs> What rock you been hiding under? Because the uh, the bomb's still going to reach you. Hermes, was you just excited about the cast? Oh, absolutely! The cast was uh, in- incredible, phenomenal. Every single, you know, when even uh, when Truman um, Gary Oldman shows up, Gary Oldman, just, yeah, the, the glasses and uh, just everything. Every, whoa, whoa, every whoa, 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 whoa! Where was Gary what? Oldman? You didn't know- <laughs> <laughs> where was gary oldman i can tell you oh, good because i'd read the movie but he, he was uh president truman who said uh don't bring that shut up yeah, yeah. truman yeah 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 shut up get him out right, of my office right get that don't <laughs> let that cry back yeah, in here yeah so he's done churchill and he's done truman isn't that amazing wow and tell you what truman does not come off well in this and he's done sid vicious okay yeah. <laughs> Cool. He's also been, you know, fifth um, element. <laughs> uh, Commissioner Gordon, hasn't he? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's brilliant, though, isn't he? What we needed then is we needed like a dark night and monologue with like Oppenheimer walking down the street. He's but, not the hero that we we want, but he's the hero that we need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, can we talk about Robert Downey Jr. for a bit? Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Slime ball, isn't he? Yeah. And, and so here's the problem of why the film's so long. Because in order to get a happy ending, they have to frame it around Strauss's cabinet appointment. Yeah. Because that's the closest thing we can get to, to to a positive, is him being unsuccessful in his um, in his uh, appointment, which we're told is a slam dunk. It's a done deal. And it's a he's very slow. Because at first we think he's, he's on his side, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's a very slow reveal. And I'll tell you, they do something really clever. In that, in the first meeting when he's trying to woo him, ah, uh, the shoe shine bit. He says, "Yeah, oh, your father. Yeah, he's just uh, come a long ways from 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 a lowly shoe salesman." And he goes, nope, "Shoe salesman, that's it. Just a shoe salesman." And on that side, that moment, I'm with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, 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 me too. How da- elitist, right? We said, yep, "How yep, dare yep. you, Mister Academia, look down on my father because he was a shoe salesman?" Yep. Nope, there's nothing lowly about that. But and I'm that like, away I'm him, like, good on you. And then we find out that's been bothering him for years. Yep. And almost slowly plotting his revenge all that time. Because um, I, I was sitting there and I should have realized it because it, it, it's, it's my own rule. Who's too big a star for the part they have in this movie? <laughs> True, yeah. And I'm going, Robert Downey Jr., like, you're a fine actor. Why are you getting all this time for a character who doesn't mean anything? And you go, oh. Now, I, I caught Dom pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, all, all the stress, and there was that dinner party and, and yada, yada, yada. But Robert Downey Jr. is uh, fantastic in all elements. And it's really interesting how they kept the cast such a um, a non-factor in the promotional materials. 
Yes. To the point where you could argue. I mean, Christopher Nolan's putting himself... Well, it's not, it's not only it's an arguable thing. Christopher Nolan put himself before all these people. It's the next Christopher Nolan film. Here's pictures of Killian Murphy because he's the guy who's playing the part, but no other names in this poster sort of thing. It's just Oppenheimer. Yep. <sighs> but back to Robert Downey Jr., I thought he was note fantastic, as was the young man who played beside him. I thought this was someone else. I knew I'd seen him recently. And, of course, this is uh, Aiden Eldenreich, or whatever his name is. This is Hobie from uh, Hail Caesar. Is it? It is. A, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so the timing on that was was pretty sensational. I thought he was fantastic in this movie as well. He is brilliant. He was so. brilliant. And by the end of it, we're in line with him, aren't we? And the, the note of, and this is back to my big thesis about why is it in black and white? Because you just ain't that important. Not but yeah, and he says it, doesn't he? Yeah, that's that's the closing line. So that's yeah, why it yeah. stuck with me, and I went, I think this is why this is grayscale. Because he doesn't because hear he, the music, he, he doesn't see in color. However, you want to frame it. Yeah, because we see that uh, meeting with um, Oppenheimer and Einstein, don't we? And then he walks by, and Einstein won't recognize or talk to him, and he thinks that Oppenheimer said something to him about him. Because at first he goes, "Let me introduce you." Because this is like, "Hey, look, I know, I know Einstein." Somebody. Yeah, and Oppenheimer's like, "Yeah, I know uh, Albie." Yeah, none. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> to you, that's Albert Einstein. To me. That's that's a, like, a he's a legend in our field, but I, but I know this guy. Yeah, I'm taking what he went. And I'm going further with it. He's not starstruck by these people. No, whereas whereas um, Strauss clear, clearly is. Yeah, 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 and use it as leverage. And there's a bitterness that eats him away. So you can argue the statement about no, just a shoe salesman, absolutely justified. Mm-hmm. But it almost plants a seed of having an inferiority complex. Well, in, yeah, because he thinks that conversation they had is about him. About him. Like and it wasn't illusions of grandeur, yeah, uh, paranoia, but comes from from an inferiority complex. And I thought and I, I was really glad because I was thinking to myself just recently, man, Robert Downey Jr.'s done sweet fa since he's left Been the Avengers. Yeah. He's done. He did Doolittle, which sucked. I'm like, can he just go back to being an excellent actor, please? Yeah, and he, he was hadn't good. done anything. And I went, is this it? Is, is this it? Is this is the last thing I remember is I am Iron Man, which is it's fine with the character, but I'm like, I really hope he's not that pigeonholed now as a result of that. And saw this and went, oh, thank you, Mr. Nolan. Thank you, Mr. Downey Jr. Please, let's Two get back to more acting. different characters. And mm-hmm. I liked that you didn't like him by the end. I thought that was brilliant. But it's that framing device that causes that third act to run Yeah, 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 of course. Because yeah, yeah. we need to see... You need to see the bomb before you see Oppenheimer getting screwed. Yeah, and some of the great like. lines, they're not convicting they're just denying yeah and then having that playback to him and again another dressing down for oppenheimer is putting him in that small room not giving this court like no they put him in a small room in a kangaroo court people who he can't convince because in a broom cupboard he's the spokesman of science more than he is an actual scientist at this point his his role is more as a figurehead and has Mm. been for quite even back to los alamos yeah his role is just in getting everybody on side with them yep not in doing the dirty work himself. Hermes, do you want to chip in here? We've been talking a lot about RDJ and the movie as, as a whole, and yeah. uh, I, I feel like I need some some of your... Uh, wisdom. Some of your wit and <laughs> well, wisdom. I'll let you decide in which capacity you want to do either. Definitely not the word I would use here, but um, yes, my uh, my lowly shoe salesman um, level uh, wisdom here is just, yeah, I, I completely agree. RDJ, I... I 
never finished uh doolittle and i couldn't i couldn't be happier in that yeah he he's and he's being recognized you know it's not just the three of us he is it is it is pretty much universal praise at this point where yeah. this is yeah, him and killian are probably up for at least there's a lot of talk again i'm not jinxing or putting my opinion out there but a lot of talk out there for potential oscar um worthy performances and i i, I definitely agree you know and it and him being like you said um liam him being somebody obviously that we recognize and they were kind of like ready and primed to uh, like and then by the end of it absolutely on the opposite end of the spectrum yeah uh, fantastic performance for him you know when you when you see him losing his composure and then you think he's kind of the head of the uh of the curve there uh with opie there as his yeah. assistant and then and then it does that 180 and and now you know opie's like yeah you know sorry i i wish i liked you you know i, I work for you but you know you're just kind of a, a terrible person and i'm not that upset that you're not going to get this position yeah just, and all around so this. well <laughs> absolutely and already and his face and he's just is this going to be what does he say the crown the the crowning achievement of my career or the uh crowning humiliation of my career you know basically it's just yeah. it, it was it, the way he subtly gives the performance was yeah absolutely fantastic and i'm not one to i pick up on all of those things same with the color grading i mean the the black and white i mean the most surface level if i if i've heard the, a lot of the commentary around it was objective views versus subjective views which is why you see a lot of the strauss and a lot of the things because these are matter of fact things that happened in black and white yeah whereas what do we do with you know our uh, subjective you know experiences we we color them how we see them we color them in our own you know uh, emotion and whatnot which is why you see that that's what i've heard thus far but i i kind of i haven't heard yours ian and i kind of i'm gonna take that and run with it because it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> i do i do like mine because i'm thinking about it because black and white kids okay, on the record yeah uh maybe it's from primary documents because we have the primary documents of of, of the uh of the, the uh, what do you call it? The approval process, whatever that's called. Yeah. And then you maybe have some record in black and white of uh, of that dinner, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I, I do like mine. No, it, <laughs> um, it fits. Uh, where was I going next? Here, uh, I was gonna talk about. We haven't talked about the, about the women yet, and I feel like we should because they're a massive part of this movie. They are, yeah. Uh, Emily Blunt, and then Florence Pugh, who plays the uh, who plays the woman who he has the affair with. Brilliant, yeah. And the way the way Emily Blunt's character playing the wife is, she knows what's going on. She she's not stupid, but she knows that he's a brilliant mind that needs to be in the right place at the right time to think and do what he need to do. And she's always pushing back that he should fight more. Mm. And he doesn't fight more. And I say, if there's a uh, if there's a, a frustration I had as a viewer, because we're living our life vicariously kind of through Oppenheimer here, and we've been a witness to his story, just like she has. So she's almost at the audience surrogate here, too, mm-hmm. going, why don't you fight? And I'm going, why don't yeah. you fight? And he still doesn't. And what I needed, and it's step too far, maybe, what I needed, because he doesn't fight, and he's like, I have my reasons. And he won't tell anyone, I have my reasons. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Strauss has his downfall in the third act. And I kind of wanted to know that in some way, 
Oppenheimer had a little bit to do with it. Like he made a phone call, or he was keeping. Ra- he well, had his something. own. He had his own thing he was doing behind the scenes as yeah. well. But then gets to be revealed. You know, very guy rich. Here's what I was doing the whole time. <laughs> While you were doing this, I was doing this. Yeah. And we don't get that. But I thought we don't get closure on it. I have my reasons. We're never told what the reasons are. We're kept out of that story. Yeah. And so I feel the frustration that Emily Blunt's character was feeling. I was on board with the whole time. And then uh, Florence Pugh's character as just this um, tempest of emotion and um, questionable mental health, I think. Um, the girl, yeah. the mistake you can't seem to learn to get past, the one, oh, but the one you can't get rid of. It's tragic, though, isn't it? It is. And this whole, I mean, a really nice gimmick, the, you know, don't bring me flowers, and he keeps bringing her flowers. It's kind of a <laughs> nice little story. Um there, I was very surprised. I didn't find it was Florence Pugh till after the fact. So I was like, who is this woman who sits naked across from him as they both smoke their cigarettes in armchairs? Yeah. And I was Florence Pugh, and I'm like, this is the girl from, from like, Black Widow. Is it? Oh, yeah, this is the sister from, from Black Widow. This is Paige oh, from Fighting With My Family. Yes. Yeah. My God, she looks so different. The, st- I mean, the, the level of star power, this is through the roof. Oh, yeah. So, and um, I never knew anything about this cast. Before no, we saw all this. I knew Killian Murphy. I might have known Matt Damon, but I'd forgotten yeah, the yeah, time yeah. I got into the cinema. Um, what a surprise. All the way yeah, we just kept... I mean, thankfully, we were in the front row, so we couldn't disturb too many people because we were right sat smack dab in the front off to the side. There's a row of two. That was it. Just me and you. And also having Jack Quaid in there as well. Jack Quaid, uh, David Krumholtz. Yeah. Yeah, lots of big, lots, big names here. Lots. But I thought as far as... Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh, who in a, in a film about the 1940s and a film about uh, the academic or scientific community, by its very nature, it's going to be very male-dominated. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, I was, um, I thought they, they, they did really, really they well to show the their impact yeah. on his life. I thought there could have been more, maybe it's one too many characters, but there was a reference to this woman he'd also been having an affair with for years, and he went, I oh, never found out. <laughs> he didn't know. So we saw her a few times, and you're like, oh, they're always hanging out together. What's the deal here? Yeah. Um, I felt uh, just, just was really well done, understated performance by... Uh, Emily Blunt, especially, I think her her big scene is either the one where she's being interrogated and pushes back. She does well, doesn't she? Or it's the one... Oh, I gave a fist pump. Or it's the one where um, Florence Pugh's character has just drowned herself in the <sighs> in the bathtub. I knew that was coming. And he's, um, he's uh, consoleless. Inconsolable, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, uh, Outside, she finds him and says, you don't get to do the sin and then do this. Yeah. You got to stand. And she stands by him, but you get the idea of there's a complicated measure, but there's a strength that she brings. Mm-hmm, yeah. That no one else sees except for those two moments. Yeah. And so I think Emily Blunt's great in all things. And I thought Florence Pugh was great as the enigma. She is a violent flame. You can't control it. Nope. You can hold it for a moment, but not for too long because you get burned, right? <laughs> and then out of nowhere it extinguishes and that's oh, kind of what would what, what happen there tragic isn't it? so uh well done i've got my head right now i'm going does nolan write women well i don't know a lot of his movies are very or very male very male heavy yeah. very male centric i guess he it. writes what he knows doesn't he by himself maybe I'm trying to, who's the strongest woman in a in a christopher nolan film is it the girl is it what's her name is it trinity in Memento, Carrie Ann Moss. Oh, Carrie Ann Moss, yeah. 
She's quite well written in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great in that. Great movie. I can't think of a better written female character. No, because she was... Everybody in the Batman trilogy is just... Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Your thoughts, Hermes? I think that's a perfect shout, actually, there, Ian. I, I think uh, Memento... Uh, I mean, yeah, because... I, and I, I don't know if it's necessarily that he doesn't know how. I mean, I, I, that's probably as good a guess as any. I, but I'd say, I think I just side in that, like you said, Liam, he, he writes what he knows, and most of the stories are just happen to be male, you know, centric or male heavy in, in yeah. that the yeah. themes that they deal with are more masculine, if that's a thing, masculine. I don't know. It's like, I feel like he just decides this is what I want to do. And then as in the process of doing that, doesn't have a lot of spots for women to fill yeah. and, and, you know, and this one being a wife and being the mistress, um, I think they're they're done very well. Yeah, know? I don't say as much as a criticism as more of an observation. Just gone, just just don't notice a lot of. Uh, and I'll take that over. Uh, just what sort of looking for here? Tokenism. Mm-hmm. Let's have half the characters be women, but not because, really have yeah, anything no. for it, or no. or let's write them poorly. Yeah, just go okay. Hopefully, as a society, my, my, my thoughts always this: as a society, if we can have a film that then has a bunch of female characters and less male characters, that balances it out. One movie doesn't have to do the job. No, the the variety of movies available needs to do the job. Yeah, so there we go. Um, but that being said, I think this is the probably the best. It's the first time he's had more than one female character that I can think of that, you know. And two strong female characters. The Prestige, there's two strong female characters. Just, But they, these two get more screen time? Question mark? Yeah. I think she does. Emily Blunt does, definitely. Uh, let's talk about Matt. One thing we didn't talk about was that Matt Damon does get to redeem himself at the end. Yes. When he's called before the group and says, would you approve him? And he goes, no. But he goes, but I wouldn't approve any of them. Yes. Under these guidelines. And then he goes, and then they say, you can go. And he goes, I, and then I think there's this character of like the sub lawyer who's quite frustrated because he knows it's kangaroo court. Nothing's going to go his way. But he gets Matt Damon's character gross to say, you know, I have no doubts that Robert Oppenheimer is is a loyal and true American. I don't have any doubts about him with any matter of national security. Then that was one of the last full stop. Said. Yeah, good. So he did get that because that would be the last betrayal. Is if gross? And then oh. I think they kind of made you think he was going that way. They better not. Good job they didn't. Yeah, because I like Mac Damon's character. <laughs> I like that buddiness of him. You that know, would have been the worst opposing- betrayal. Like when he's kept on 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 the long end of the arm for Hiroshima and all that stuff. You go, okay, I don't like that. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. It still made you go, I don't like him. Isn't it funny, though, right? You know when they... Was it the guy who's interrogating um, Oppenheimer? Did he say, you knew that you were making a bomb? You knew you were making a weapon of mass destruction? You knew this, right? What did you think we were going to do with it? You go back to what he said, they won't know until you use it, mm-hmm. right? They, were gonna, they, not, they, not he. He knows. He knows what it is. Because, scientists know what this yeah, is yeah 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 but the people wouldn't know what this bomb is capable of sure yeah so he was only ever there to show what he to build it show it and go this is what it could do we don't want to use it but hopefully this will deter you oh because they said when did you start feeling these moral objections yeah yeah the moral objections was the fact that he never thought they were ever going to use it against people no no he did i think the thing was the germans are building one so once, well, so when it's against them. when it's against the Nazis, that was the race. The race in the whole movie was who gets there first. 
So I think he always thought it was going to get dropped on the Nazis, but that's okay because the Nazis have when they were going to drop him on that. It was a race. I I didn't think he ever thought I was going to be dropped. I think he does because the, 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 the game changes once the Nazis drop out because everybody seems to be in agreement that once the Nazis are out, the Japanese is just a matter of time. That's all it is. And the Japanese, don't, you don't need this exclamation point unless you're trying to but do, as the kids say, you're trying to flex. But what a stupid thing to do. Oh, Pearl Harbor. Oh, what, what? oh probably, yes. But even by that point, you know, so it could have been framed as, you know, Truman could have said in his in his speech, which apparently, do you guys know it was Gary Oldman? Um, <laughs> could have said. <laughs> we um, did, you didn't. <laughs> could have said uh you know i'm gonna pay those sons of bitches back for pearl harbor or something like that at which point you go okay all right i at least get my head around that this is a flex this is going don't f with the us of a because look at what we can do yeah exactly but i think i think oppenheimer never thought that would be used against human beings of course he did no i don't think he did if if i might here for a second then uh, to to call a previous film actually and and bring up this discussion because I've gone back and forth with it just with myself so many times and many discussions I've had with it on the the bombing of Japan and Oppenheimer says it in this film and you even again call back to uh, Crimson Tide that you guys covered Denzel Washington's character also argues uh, against and for in the same you know complex nuanced manner that the discussion like calls for and that is. If you're the soldier, similar to Private uh, Saving Private Ryan, when you're getting off the boats, if you're a soldier on that front line, you know, uh, storm in Normandy, it doesn't. It, it, yes, every every life saved and every measure that should be taken, maybe even flex in your point, Ian, that should be taken is very beneficial and means a lot to me if I'm on those front lines. And that's what Oppenheimer actually says in the in the uh, meeting that they were having right after the Nazis or shortly after the Nazis had um, had um, retreated and given up, which was, look, Japan is a matter of time. It is probably a matter of time, but it's still a lot of men and a lot of death to make that matter of time. And does that mean something in the grand scheme of things? I mean, it could mean less civilians on the Japan side, but it means more troops on the, on the Allied side. Does it mean, and it could be a lot, more gruesome to the point of saving private ryan where you go in with a flamethrower and you don't um you don't shoot to kill you you shoot you 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 uh you have a purpose to maim and to and to cause suffering i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of gritty gross details that go into something like you know especially at that time with japan Mm. um and again i i don't know where i would even lie even having this conversation now with you guys where i would lie on that is it better to to make a point the way there was, was it just a flex as, as Truman's character even alludes to and that, look, I'm going to be remembered for this. This is my moment of glory. Is that, does that justify the means? I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I, I mean, I think, it, so. it, it, I, th- nah. so, I think something that we're not considering enough yet is what actually this whole, um, the whole trial, if you will, trial is not a trial, but it's the whole security clearance yeah. trial of Oppenheimer is it stops being it. What happens is once the Nazis are out, it even it's it's not really about the Japanese. It's about the Soviets. Yeah. And it's about, because this world, because keep in mind, at this point, the Soviets and the Americans are allies. Yeah, yeah, and we forget that. But we know that the relationship is breaking down. Yeah. It's a couple who ain't talking to each other yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. And you can see where it's headed. And so it's equally about the next, the next, um conflict the next aggression is going to be with the soviets 
So how do you demonstrate? And the point where Truman won't even say what it is. He yeah. says, we, we, we have a new weapon is kind of how it's presented. And so um, I think, because he believes in his heart, and back to saving Private Ryan, you know, if I if one man dies, am I saving ten? Am I saving twenty? Yeah. The bomb being dropped, and it was even mentioned in the trailer, the bomb being dropped will save is it is it will be the thing that ends war. And you can make a very strong argument. It kinda is. Because once we both have weapons that can do this, it's called mutually assured destruction. Yeah, you won't use it. So if you have a secret about me that would end my freedom but i have one about you yeah ain't neither of us pulling that pin no (laughs) we could but it would mean we're blowing everything up everything yeah because and that's kind of what happens once everybody gets gets nuclear weapons is if you fire one at me well i'm gonna real it takes about i don't know it takes time for that missile to go across the atlantic so in the time remaining i'm gonna fire all mine at you then yeah so that mutually assured destruction is just but in order to make that happen you got to show them what it can do first which is why they do that test thing, isn't it? Yeah, but nobody else is at the test site. They don't publicize the test. The test isn't public knowledge. I thought it was going to be public no. knowledge. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. The test is just so internally, we know this works. See, now I felt it was a test to nope. show the world what this could do. That's that thing where everybody gets together and they all do the big celebratory thing where he imagines all their faces burning off and all that stuff. Yeah. That happens after Hir- Hiroshima oh. and Nagasaki. That doesn't happen until that point a celebration isn't once they've achieved it the celebration is once once the world knows because you can't tell america without the soviets would find out if you have one spy if you have one person reading if you're a spy you have one tourist reading a newspaper who's got family somewhere you know what i mean yeah, but I thought they were showing the world what this was capable of. No, 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 no. That's, no. Thought, that's thought, all top secret classified. I thought that was the deterrent. No, the, the, the message he has to tell his wife is bring in the sheets. <sighs> yeah, she's not even allowed to know. Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. married to the guy leading the project. Oh, I see. Now, of course she knows, but he can't yeah, officially yeah, yeah, yeah. say, tell my wife it worked. That's not the way. So if you can't tell your wife, oh, it's definitely the, the oh, case okay. on this one. This is super classified. He... No, that's why it's in the middle of nowhere in the desert. Well, yeah, no, it's classified yeah. because you're building this weapon. Yeah. But I thought in his mind it was not going to be used on people. It was going to be tested, show you, because he said, in theory, you can say anything. But by showing the people what this could do, would you want this happen, happen to you? No. No, this is never that. That's how I read it. Uh, once more, if, uh, if I may hear, the, the, um, the back, the... The complexity of Oppenheimer's character, I think, again, not to say that it could be done in a three-hour movie or even a five-hour movie or miniseries. I mean, yeah. is is that the point, that, uh, to Ian's point, uh, and I believe he even explicitly says it, yes, he knew it was going to be used on people. The point in which it turns for him to where he has a moral objection, he, he was kind of towing the line before, but when he really has a moral objection is uh, when he when it was shown to him that no matter what, we will continue the arms race. We will continue furthering this, and we will continue to use whatever weapon we have. Similar, he was hoping oh, okay. that building upon effort. It. Exactly, he was hoping in the effort of of this test, and then ending the war. Hopefully, we would know a piece that no, that mankind has never known. And instead, he, his naivety, you know, he he was taken aback by, or his naivety, you know, uh, led him to that hopeful conclusion. Whereas reality was, no, we will continue. 
furthering every weapon we have at any cost, no matter what. And 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 that was when his moral objection became oh, okay. insurmountable because you know the difference between an atomic and a hydrogen bomb mm. is magnitude hundreds. Yeah. So the likelihood that that as he said to Truman, the blood on his hands that he that he sees it and the the um you know the melting faces as he sees it is is something that he couldn't imagine himself being in support of which is in part of his um you know clearance denial um uh, process or is a, a revocation of his of his clearance security clearance that he that he even says he said i was not in support of or he, what, what i wasn't behind it i just wanted x y and z to be um in support of science and i wanted to be hands-on so that hopefully we could prevent the arms race we could show the soviets out of good faith that this isn't what we're trying to do and everybody, of course, ignored it. Oh, that makes sense. This is Buddy Boy who wants to do the, what he called the super bomb, which is the hydrogen bomb. Yeah. Who you thought might be Billy Zane for portions. Of yeah, movie. I did. Enough that I looked and went, it might. I don't think so. That was his it eyes. might be. That was his eyes. Some of his eyes and the way his hair would fall. Yeah. Uh, and then also the scene where they drew the circles on the map. Yes. And we saw how much bigger the super circles were than yeah. the regular circles. Yeah. So I think it's about that. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, I'm trying to Anything else we haven't touched on here? Casey Affleck, <laughs> another one. Oh, it's just individual actors. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, got yeah, we, yeah. we we got loads. So of actors many, in this. incredible. Um, I'm trying. We talk about the framing device. I'm trying to think if there's. I mean, something that was really neat for us is when the, there is the meeting between Oppenheimer and Einstein. We're kept with Strauss. We are, aren't we? That's hidden from us until the very end until of the, the movie. End, which is good. And the, I guess the reason for this is so we get a feeling of this is the only way they can frame the story. So it feels like it's got closure and finality. I'm going to hide something from you. I'm going to enigma code this stuff, as Roland Barfs would say, in Act 1. So that when you get the payoff in Act 3, you get, ah, that's what they were talking about. And now we get to know something Strauss will never know. But when not clever how Strauss thought that was him, mm. about him, and yet what it was was Einstein saying, I've had my day, you've now come over and took it further, yep. you will have your day, and you will... One day they'll throw you a big dinner and they'll say thank you very much, and it's their way of saying, thank you, you don't matter Which anymore. Which is how it tied the end, wasn't and it? And it's how... So it's bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't get a lot of closure, there's no things... We just jump forward to that, to that dinner. yeah. But it, it does end with kind of the um, trying to go. Hermes has seen it twice. He's probably do a better job. Because it's, it's been a week. I'm trying to think what was the exact last scene. Last scene is uh, right after Einstein and you know the discussion. He's looking at the water and he has that realization that it won't be for him. That he's similar to the to the point of why doesn't he fight? It's just the matter of patience that Einstein has that he ultimately has in his later years. That. All of this, every everything, you know, it, it, to take the deterministic view was uh, set in motion long before him, and will continue long after him. So you can't you can't get you know caught up and bogged down by your importance in all of this because you're just one of the many pieces. So yeah. these people will throw dinner, but it's not for you. It's not to congratulate you. It's so that they can sleep at night in their grand story of their life. And I know Oppenheimer's struggle is is a large portion of the second and third act, especially the third act. But I, I mean, I think the movie gives us, and real life gives us this. I mean, you're racing against the Nazis, who are going to have one. You're also Jewish, yeah, fighting the Nazis. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and going if it hadn't like there's a thing about self importance. I'm going yes, you were you were you were chosen, selected, recruited because you were the best at this thing, 
And if you'd said no, they'd have gotten someone else. Yeah. And hopefully they'd have done all right. Now, would they have done as good a job? Oh, a lot. Luck. Maybe. But, you know, we know what it worked in this situation. So we would, we wouldn't want to see it any other way, would we? Yeah. But as a spokesperson, as a figurehead of the scientific community, you know, as the Neil deGrasse Tyson of his day. I'm watching a lot of Neil deGrasse Tyson on TikTok. <laughs> well, TikTok and Jason sort of things. <laughs> very audible scuff. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about that at some point. Um, but as that figurehead, you know what I mean? And then what's the greatest thing we can do? We can take away his insider perspective because yeah. he's only got authority when he's got information. If he doesn't have information, he doesn't have authority. He doesn't have authority. He doesn't have a platform. He doesn't have a platform. He doesn't have an audience. He doesn't have an audience who is he anymore yeah exactly the guy who you know who built a program he's a teacher first yeah with one student <laughs> and then gone yeah i've taught a class of one student <laughs> i remember it was, like an, it, it was an a-level film studies class and it was just this one girl um and uh, she she'd done um we'd switched from media to film where i was and so man at some point someone had to be had to do gcse media and then we uh, uh cross over to a level and then they went films so they weren't so i lost a lot of kids who went i want to do media i'm gonna go to a different sixth form and i was like yeah yeah go ahead we were starting to lose the battle to cambridge anyway at that point um where a lot of our best and brides we had some brain drain where they started going to cambridge rather than staying in house and uh so i remember thinking i said to her i said look i said i don't think they're gonna keep this class going if it's just if it's just one student I don't see it, especially because my my the, the new school leadership have been a little bit more, um, just numbers, numbers, yeah. and going look. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't don't don't, don't, don't think they qualify one. But she was like, all right, so we'll, we'll keep meeting. We'll, I'll, I'll teach you, I'll teach you the stuff as if it were to keep going. But if they pull the plug, and I imagine they will, um, and then I, I walked in one day and there was five, and I was like, oh okay, cool, because it always happens. Kids drop other subjects and they go. Oh, actually, two, two, two. Two years of that with with sir, yeah, I could do that. And yeah. kids who had never done anything with me but media or anything like that before, but they were just like, yeah, I could do that. That yeah. sounds like a fun way to spend two years. Okay. And uh, yeah, so but yeah, the bit where it's just you one on one and you're teaching, it's it's intense. You're like, okay, do you get that or do you keep going? Because man, you you get through a lot of content when it's just when it's just <laughs> when it's just one kid and you. Yeah, absolutely. Because who are they going to talk to? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're not messing about, are they? No, 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 too. <laughs> so uh, you know, but a teacher first, and then you take away his audience. What does that do to him? And you discredit him, and you take a, for a scientist, you yeah. take away his ability to have access to the pertinent data. Yeah, you've neutered him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was it was not Remy Malik's performance in that last bit was good. It was a little bit of a fist pump. Man, did you wish you could have gotten a reaction shot of Oppenheimer hearing about this? Yeah. Yeah. I'd have been good on it. It would have been good. Yeah. So, or a parade. I kind of wanted to be like, I don't know, Goodwill Hunting, where like everybody gets on their desk and goes, no. <laughs> like, a, or like a wave of scientists coming in to show their support, like Patch Adams or, or Miracle on 34th Street with the postman and the letters. Just something where you had a, but it was all very kind of, and it was just, you had to go in the room and go, so that's it? Yep, that's it. You didn't get it. <laughs> Which is more accurate. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's going to be. <laughs> um 
I'm trying to, I don't think there's anything that, that, that's escaped me. I would say fusion and fission. If I know my, oh, Hermes is here to, 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 to justify my science, I'm sure. I believe fusion is the combining of multiple atoms, molecules, whatever it is, to become new structures, whereas fission is the opposite. It's the separation, separation of things. Yeah. So in the first bit where it's fusion, it's about bringing everybody together on this project and Oppenheimer being the key catalyst behind it, whereas in fission, it's him becoming separated from everything. That's my understanding because they said at the start, they didn't come back to it, but they did go fusion, fission. Yeah, yeah. How's my science, Hermes? Am I all right there? Spot on, sir. Spot on. Hey, well done. I learned that. Like, from from Neil deGrasse Tyson on one of those <laughs> short videos. <laughs> like, literally a week before I saw the movie. <laughs> using slightly of a difference. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But that's it for me. Uh, I yeah. think it's, it's a really interesting film. Uh, you, hey, I've said it before. I love films. We talked about it with Whiplash when uh, Hermes brought it to the table on, yeah. on the on the big pod. Controversial. And we said, I love it when when films put you in the middle of a moral quandary. Save Robert Ryan. Mm-hmm. Do you do? Megs couldn't get. I understand. We, yeah. I know that's yeah. the point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it when films place me in this and go, which side do you sit on? And we've had one of those conversations even today with going, what is the impact? What is this? What would you do? What would I do? Mm. Is he able to divorce himself? At one point, he dresses himself like you said in that soldier's uniform. Mm-hmm. I guess David Crumholt says, "Take it off. You're not a soldier. Yeah. Not even that. You're not a soldier. Yeah. That that means something when you put a uniform on. Yeah, yeah. and um." as opposed to what it means to be a scientist, to be someone who's interested in knowledge. Because if you're a soldier, the implication, I would say, Hermes, is not my own personal thing. I think it's what David Krumholz's character is trying to suggest, is you are an instrument of the state when you are a soldier. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, the um, connotation of what that means can be positive or negative, depending on who's making that statement or who's, yeah, yeah, yeah. who's wielding the instrument, shall we say. Yeah. But you are an instrument of the state. And so by taking that that uniform off, it is saying you are more of an instrument of the state. You are a scientist. What they do with the thing we develop, different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have control over that, but we have control over who we are and what we do. Yep. Yeah, and we are here to pursue knowledge. I also think it was uh, more of the individual aspect of it in that they don't want a soldier. If they wanted a soldier, they would have grabbed, you know, they would have, they would have found plenty of soldiers. Apologies for the background noise there. But the, uh, yeah, the idea that they want you, Oppie, that's just be you. That's what they want. That's what we need. Yeah. 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 And it's also what they need. Look, we're here to recruit. We we didn't come here for the government project. We followed you. Yeah. Not Sergeant Oppenheimer. <laughs> I I don't know rank service. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sure he'd be given a, a. He didn't have one. It's okay. Did he not? He wasn't wearing one. <laughs> I thought Sergeant Sergeant sounds of like a fairly high level of importance. So I'm going to go with that before I say. I know colonels and admiral. They're all really high. So general. General's high. Yeah. Captain. You get the right idea. Miller He'll was a captain. Fine. There He'll we go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about it i mean yeah, I, I think yeah, it's yeah. i think it's i we saw some cinema we did, it's, we did it's been it's been a while so i'm appreciative i'm oh out of curiosity hermes you said you're a big nolan guy where does this rank on the chris nolan film list so you gotta it's think gotta be- what are your big hitters you got the dark knight you got prestige for some people you got inception it's not one of mine but uh you've got uh tenet 
Tenet's know. probably got to be my top one personally. Wow, as well. really? Just on vision, on effects and story and simplicity of. Well, I say simplicity almost sarcastically, but I'll, at the same time, not. Um, it's a uh, yeah. It's got to go ten in Inception. I know you're not a big fan, but Nine. it's it's got to be top three. I don't know if it takes second. I don't know if it takes. I don't know. It's it's right up there. I think this is three for me. I'll go Prestige, Dark Knight, Oppenheimer. I'll go Dark Knight, Memento, Oppenheimer. Prestige took me up there. Wow. That'd be, that'd be fourth. Wow, okay. It's because um, uh, Memento had a big impact on me back in the day. Oh, not judging the Memento lives. thing. I was just surprised yeah. that... Uh, yeah. Um, are you watching closely? <laughs> Is this coming to the end now? I want, I want to do... I want to do the Michael Caine voiceover with footage from Oppenheimer. You should do that. Where he goes, a magic trick has three key parts. Tom Bond went backwards. The first step. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What was interesting is how when they set the bomb off, it was all quiet. And then you did the shockwave. And then the shockwave. That's what, that, that's what actually happens. That was amazing. Yeah. So uh, uh, if things were probably being accurate, there's the one guy who was in his car. I was hoping it was going to like smash the glass out of his... Uh, out of his windscreen. Yeah, and he wouldn't even take the glasses. Bloody dude. Yeah. <laughs> the light is going to hurt your eyes. Yeah. So, does that, and they made that feel like a big moment. It just took a, an hour to get to the finish. And that's why yeah. they had to reframe around um, both the hearing for Oppenheimer and that. So, yeah. I, I think uh, much like a, uh, a Christopher Nolan film, time is getting away from us. So, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this sucker up. Thanks a lot for joining us, Hermes. Yeah, thanks, Always Hermes. appreciate the, uh, the, uh, the contributions, especially from someone as scientifically um, disposed as yourself. Oh, he says that he'll let us. Oh, he's 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 bailed because his dogs are verbally jousting each other. Justly, oh. I'm like we've been verbally jousting each other. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll do that. So that's the end of Barbenheimer. Um, yeah. This one went long, but so did Oppenheimer. So there we are. It did. It did. So check out all the stuff coming out on the pod. Uh, this will be released for us, Liam, tomorrow. So check out on Sunday when we talk about the fugitive. That's going to be a good conversation to go ahead and discuss. When I say Sunday, I mean we record Sunday. It'll be out Tuesday, as well as all the other stuff. Check us out on Twitter at best film ever pod for best film ever uh, and i've been liam and we'll catch you on the flippity flop the flippity flip flop and welcome 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 to the podcast that does i think what it says on the atomic bomb it's <laughs> best film ever my name's ian and i'm liam hey we're here to do a see it or skip it Oh, it was with less gravitas than you usually do. Sorry, I'm sorry. I can't hear anything in the headphones. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up with that? Can't hear anything. Uh, anything? Which one are you? Uh, I may have to restart this. That one. That one, yeah. That's weird. Is it number four? I'm going to turn this up. Okay. Can I hear? Hello, hello, hello. No, still not hear anything. That's odd. Hang on, yeah, I'm gonna, number two. I'm going to kill this. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, here we are. Here we are. I can hear something now. Okay, you can hear something now? Yeah. How's that? Oh, okay, there we are. There we are. There we are. <laughs> Let me know where he is. <laughs> Jesus. I'll, I'll keep that in. I'll just put it, I'll just put it at the end. Uh, <laughs> you get that now? Uh, yeah, I'm good. All right. I can see what I was doing in the intro. I was like, you were reacting. like, what's, what's, you're kind of playing with the house. I'm sure he had them on. I wouldn't start talking without him. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, we're back on track. Well, I'm going to do the intro again. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs>